Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Podcast. I'm your host for today, Justin Roman. And guys, I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. I know I am. And guys, um, I'm really excited because guys, um, Kyle Van Noy. Well, before we speak about Kyle Van Noy, let's talk about football. And Kyle Van Noy, who recently got released by the Miami Dolphins. I think I talked about this yesterday. He got released by the Dolphins when he literally signed a four-year deal uh, worth $40 million. Ryan Honey, news writer, reporter for Eli Sports New York, reported at something that I won't be shocked by. Something that I think I think we all know where Kyle Kyle Vinoy is headed. And don't forget, I'm talking about the Giants. And why? And you guys probably you guys are probably wondering, wondering, Justin, why are you talking about Kyle Vinoy? Who this man has tortured my Giants over the years. He's been he's played for the Patriots for a long time. Now still young. He's like I think he's like 28 years old, 29. I can see Kyle Vinoy's connection uh, to the Giants. I think that could lead him to East Rutherford. Patrick Graham and Joe Judge, who are now in the Giants, have worked with Kyle Vinoy in New England. Look it. You have to understand. Connections are crucial. Connections are crucial in the NFL. Sheer sheer familiarity familiarity is too. Kyle Van Noy possesses either with with the lead dog of the current Giants coaching staff and his recent release from the Miami Dolphins makes you wonder either you either the setback will land him in East Rutherford. For context, Van Noy spent part of the 2016 season and then the full 2017, 2018, and 2019 campaign in New England alongside then Patriots special teams coordinator and current Giants head coach Joe Judge. Pairing the two wouldn't be an outrageous idea and was was actually uh, considered last offseason before Van Noy decided to take his talents to South Beach. This is due to the fact that in just over a year since he began his current tenure, the 39-year-old um, head coach, 39-year-old Joe Judge, has played a role in acquiring and hiring a number of players and coaches, partly based on prior connections. Judge worked with Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who also. Uh, worked with the New England Patriots from 2012 to 2015 and also inside linebackers coach Kevin Scherer at Alabama in the early 2010s. Judge additionally spent time with Giants senior offensive assistant Freddie Kitchens when the former was a grad assistant at Mississippi State in 2005 and the latter was a running backs coach at the same institution. In regard to players, the Giants last year signed special teams ace Nate Ebner and running back Deion Lewis, either of whom worked with Judge on the Patriots. Offensive tackle Cameron Fleming previously worked with Jason Garrett on the Cowboys. 
and with and he will be he uh who is now with uh Joe Judge, you know. While Blake Martinez and Kyle Fackrell spent time with Patrick Graham in Green Bay during the 2018 season. The general, you have to understand, the general concept of familiarity is huge. You already know how to work with one another, and not as much time needs to be spent learning the ins and outs of a coach's playbook or players' on-field strengths and tendencies. The aforementioned reconnections are part of the reason why this Giants team made somewhat of an improvement in 2020 as opposed to to their 4 win 2019 season. This overwhelming idea, look at, t- to me, this overwhelming idea could lead Van Noy to the New York and New Jersey market to suit up in blue. But the past time spent with Judge shouldn't be the only reason the veteran potentially signs with the Giants. Simply speaking, he would be a beneficial uh, piece to add to the mix of outside linebackers the team already employs. Graham, Patrick Graham runs a situational defense. He likes to rotate guys in and provide them with different levels of playing time based on matchups. Amid this, amid the uncertainty regarding the on-field consistency of 2019 third-round pick O'Shane Eximinas, along with the unknown future of pending free agent Kyle Fackrell, the Giants may need a talented veteran pass rusher to work alongside Lorenzo Carter, Carter Coughlin, and Cam Brown. Van Noy's versatility additionally lines up with what Joe Judge and Patrick Graham are seeking in their defensive weapons. Patrick Graham, who will, um, not Patrick Graham, Kyle Van Noy, who will soon be, who will be 30 years old, uh, could rotate, to me, he could rotate in at inside linebacker and be a matchup-based piece alongside Blake Martinez, who was a clear-cut starter and was an every-down linebacker. The mentorship could, and also, not only that, the mentorship um, quality could furthermore prove advantages. Young linebackers such as Carter Coughlin, Cam Brown, and Tate Crowder would benefit from working with a veteran like Kyle Van Noy. So all I'm saying, the Giants would need to acquire him at the right, at the right price, given their limited cap space, which is currently a little over $5 million. But if that can be achieved, there's a little downside to bringing Van Noy in and adding him to a defensive unit that made strides last season. So guys, I think Kyle Van Noy, a man that's been, tor- a man that's been torturing not only the Giants, or the, not, only the, not only the Giants itself, but us fans, we've been tortured by Kyle Van Noy. This man's tortured us for a long time. He's also a Super Bowl champion. So I would I wouldn't mind if he I wouldn't mind it if he uh hey there's a good chance he could come, you know? Everyone that has worked with this man are on the Giants. He's worked with Patrick Graham and Joe Judge, who's on the Giants. So hey, I wouldn't mind that at all. And guys, another thing I want to talk about uh, with the Giants, um, there was a report today that Javion Clowney and Olivier Vernon will be free agents. Look it. Dan Benton today 
was saying that the Giants need to avoid these free agents. So Dan is obviously saying the Giants shouldn't even bother signing uh, these. Uh, Dan, he's obviously saying the Giants shouldn't even bother signing these guys. My thoughts on this, look it. The Giants will enter free agency on the hunt for a quality edge rusher to add to add that little something extra to a defense that was a big strength in 2020 for this football team. Luckily for the Giants, there will be there will be plenty of potential options, and because of the salary cap uncertainty, it's possible they can land a quality player on a moderate, let's say, one-year deal. However, there are also a few players that a lot of people think the Giants should avoid. One of them is Olivier Vernon, who used to play for the Giants, you know, play for the Giants from 2016 to 2018 before being shipped off to Cleveland as part of a double deal that also included Odo Beckham Jr., you know. While Vernon was productive in 2020, he logged 36 36 tackles and nine sacks. He also suffered a torn Achilles in the regular season finale. This means that he likely won't be available until late in 2021, if at all. I'm going to agree with uh, Dan. Um, Look, I think the Giants shouldn't be looking at future contributors in a year with a diminished salary cap. Not with their cap situation anyway. The Giants need to be, the Giants need to focus on players who can do, who can deliver who can help deliver a playoff berth this season. And I think I'm gonna agree with Vern, I'm gonna agree with uh, what Dan Ben said about Olivier. What he said about Olivier Vernon about him not fitting into that category. You know, and with Clowney the same thing. Clowney the one thing. I wouldn't want Javion Clowney on the Giants as well. He's he hasn't been the same ever since he uh, left the Houston Texans. He's always been, he's to me, he looks like an injury-prone defender. He's always getting hurt. Didn't get that mu- he didn't get that much sacks with the Tennessee Titans. Only had, he, only produced just, he only produced just three sacks over the past two seasons. So, here's what I got to say about what Knox uh, said, oh, what Dan said. Dan is right on both accounts. Yes, the Giants need help along the edge. But no, signing either of these two aging veterans coming off of serious injury would not be a benefit to the team. Interestingly, interestingly, no also everyone also everyone knows that the Giants should avoid pending free agents. I don't think I don't think the Giants uh sh- should I think we need to go after someone that has someone like a Bud Dupree. You know, someone like a Shaq Bear. You know, I want someone that doesn't get hurt on a consistent basis. You know? So, let's see what happens. Well, yeah, I. Dan said about the Giants avoiding the. Avoiding. Uh, Clowney and Vernon, I totally agree with them. You know? So, um, let's see what happens. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. 
So guys, I'm luck. So guys, there was a report today on on NBC Sports that talks between the Cowboys and Dak Prescott's agent are progressing. My thoughts on this look. The Cowboys want to get a deal, uh, get a long-term deal completed with Dak Prescott, preferably before the March 9th franchise tag deadline after months to negotiate. It appears the sides finally are making progress, finally. Um, Look at Pre- to me, Prescott's pre- uh, presentation and the Cowboys' discussions are more productive than they have been. You know, uh, placing the franchise tag on Prescott would uh, result in a thirty-seven point seven million dollar cap hit for the Cowboys, but give them until July fifteenth to continue negotiating. Not placing the franchise tag on Prescott would make him a free agent on March seventeenth. You know. The sides couldn't agree on a length of contract a year ago. Prescott wanting four years in the Cowboys, in the Cowboys five. He played 2020 under the 31.4 million dollar, uh, 31.4 million, 31.4 million dollar franchise tag. Prescott was leading the league in passing yards with 1,856 yards before the compound fracture and dislocation of his right ankle in Week Five against the Giants. He underwent immediate surgery and a second surgery in December. Prescott was sent at a football camp and the wedding of, ti- of Titan Blake Darwin without the use of crutches in the past week. Prescott is expected to be healed in time for training camp late in July. In late July. Look it. I just... Not shocked. Like I said before, the Cowboys need to fix their offense. I don't really think, look at, like I said, guys, as much as I've been saying on multiple occasions, I like Dak Prescott. Great quarterback. Never had a losing season. But I just don't think that he's worth that money. Like, answer my question. What What have you seen over the years that can make you even think that Dak deserves Patrick Mahomes type money. He's never won the Super Bowl. He can't stay healthy. But like I said, there's some things that you can explain. There's some things that you can uh, excuse for that. He doesn't have a good offensive line. That's pretty much it. You don't have a good offensive line. And do you really think Jerry Jones is going to do that? No. The Cowboys, they're going to try to fix their defense. Everyone has the Cowboys going after Patrick Certain, you know. If I'm the Cowboys, they need to go after someone like a Panini well or someone. They can't just let – if they're going to sign Dak long-term, they need to make sure that he is safe because he went through some – if he – I'm saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, let's see how it goes down. The Cowboys have 
until six days to um to uh they have until six days to um get a uh, DAC on a long term deal. So let's see what happens. If they don't get him on a long term deal, then DAC I think he will be free agent because Dak doesn't want to be on the franchise tag. He wants his money. So let's see what happens. I'm hoping and praying that Dak leaves. Let's see what happens. Hey guys, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, guys, Eagles fans, you, uh, you guys keep asking me uh, some really good questions. You know, I think Eagles fans, you guys keep asking me the best questions. Now, no offense to Giants fans or Washington fans or even those disgusting Cowboy fans. But you Eagles fans uh, are asking me, Justin, which players are even worth keeping at this point? Well, look at the Eagles roster has kind of been falling into a state of disrepair. And for a number of reasons, the team has drafted poorly, it has retained aging veterans, past their primes, and it has a ton of dead cap money. Thanks to Carson Wentz, that will force the club to find players on the cheap, on the cheap this coming season. The NFC East is still pretty bad in my, in my uh, projection, but that might not be a reason uh, reason enough for even the most ardently optimistic Eagles fans to think this team will be anything aside from trash <laughs> in 2021. After all, they are predicted to be tied uh, for last with the Giants in the NFC East according to uh, Unibet at 4 plus 25, and that is largely due to their lackluster roster. If you were building the, if you were building the Eagles from scratch and wanted to create a contender, ask yourself, which players would you even keep? Would it be that many? That's a question we are, that's a question that Eagles fans are going to actually try to answer because, you know, that's what, that's what uh, fans are for. I'm gonna break it down. I think the Eagles need to start rebuilding. I think the Eagles need to get they need to get rid of 19 players. I think they need to get rid of Ausa Opeta. They need to get rid of uh, they need to get rid of of Shaquille Taylor, Jason Kroom, uh, Ross uh, Pierce Backer, Marcus Epps, Caleb Wilson, Brett Toth, um, Kevon Seymour, Blake Contest, T.Y. McGill. Uh, Gennard Avery, Craig Games, Trevon Hester, Matt Pryor, J.J. Arkega, Whiteside, Rick Lovato, Marquise Goodwin, Alshandra. Get rid of all of them. And here's why. Yes, we've never heard of some of these players too. But 
suffice is to say we are instantly cutting all the training camp bodies currently on the roster. Almost half of the 51 players fall in this category. And many will say good riddance to Jeffrey and uh, Jackson. We want a part of the we want we want no part of these guys. Also, enough is enough with uh, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. We're moving on. If you strongly object to a blanket cutting of these players, drop us a line in the comments as we would love to hear why. Um. I'm also going to get rid of uh, Javon Hargrave, Darius Slade, Jake Elliott, and Rodney McLeod. Here, here's why. Hargrave's cap number next year is over $15 million. He had 4.5 sacks last year. Yawn for that. Elliott had his... Uh, Jake Elliott had his worst season ever last year. But the Eagles are stuck with him to the tune of $3.3 million. He's replaceable. Slay is in decline, and he's in his 30s. He's getting old, and it's a luxury for a contending team. But is he worth $12 million for a rebuilding team? And also, an argument could be made. He shouldn't. He should be kept in this theatrical scenario. But the Eagles seem to have pretty bad luck with cornerbacks. Rodney McLeod is no doubt talented and could provide some depth on a Super Bowl caliber team, but he could not he could be replaced with a younger and cheaper option with the same kind of production. And also, I'm also I'm also getting rid of Greg Ward, Jack Briscoe, Avante Maddox, and Andre Dillard. Here's why: these four players are fine. They they are probably they are probably real NFL players worthy of roster spots as reserves somewhere. But they are not guys who would or should be starting on a playoff caliber team. Dillard. Andre Dillard has yet to show he can start in the NFL, and Jack Driscoll's replacement level, as are for um, Avante Maddox and uh, Greg Ward. Maybe these are good uh, trade pieces, or maybe you'd be better off just starting over. And also, I'm getting, I'm also getting rid of, uh, I'm getting rid of these underperforming rookies in Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. The, a Davion Taylor and Kavon Wallace. And here's why. Look, if you're going to ask me, Justin, could cases be made that these young, soon-to-be sophomore athletes deserve a chance to prove themselves? Sure. But even with the Eagles as bad as they were last season, those players plus others barely played well enough to get on the field. If we are starting the Eagles from scratch, these guys would be borderline calls. And also... I think I'm also going to get rid of these guys who have had their moments. <sighs> I think Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, uh, Jordan Milata, Boston Scott, TJ Edwards, Nate Herbig, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Travis Fulgham, and Alex Singleton. These, I, these, are, these are the 10 players that have had their moments. Look at There are no doubt players in this category you like a lot. Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts could burst with potential. Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett have at times been beasts on this defensive line. Heck, Boston Scott and Travis Fogum have entire games named after each of them. 
but none of them have done nearly enough to prove they can be relied on to produce or even start at their respective positions. If we are if we are building this fantasy this fantasy roster all over, we probably take these nine guys on a case by case basis. But a handful of them will likely be left on the cutting room floor. And also the aging stars and Fletcher Cox, Brandon uh, Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Zach Ertz. This is the hard part. Almost all of these guys have a decent amount of football left to play, assuming they all return. Fletcher Cox is still probably one of the top five defensive tackles, in my opinion, in football, even at the age of 30 years old. Brandon Graham is older, and at this point could probably find a lucrative role as a part-time pass rusher, like the very successful one in Chris Long played when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Lane Johnson, uh, J- uh, Jason Kelsey, and Brandon Brooks are potential anchors for the e- for this Eagles offensive line and could help Miles Sanders break through next season. And as much as as it is painful to say goodbye to Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, who my, whom I can see, these two are probably the best tight ends on this football team. And Ertz would would be too costly as a number two tight end. If you are building a team from scratch, these six guys probably make the cut as you will be looking to try and compete. And you and will need you will need a little leadership in the locker room. And also, a potential cornerstones in Isaac Sumalo, Dallas Goddard, and Miles Sanders. So who is left? I think these are the players that are left on your rebuild. I think the three players, the three, I'm not going to even call them the three players. I'm going to call them cornerstones. I think the three cornerstones you have left on this, in this rebuild is Isaac Sumalo, Dallas Goddard, and Miles Sanders. Those are the only players you have left. We have a player who is capable of leading the NFL in rushing in Miles Sanders, who is a legit double threat. We have a solid starting guard in Somalo, and we have a tight end with top five potential in Dallas Goddard. Ask me this, is anyone else even close to being a franchise cornerstone? It's also worth noting, as Jimmy Kemsky pointed out on this subject, that all three positions that are relatively unimportant but still, the Eagles are are set at left guard, tight end, and running back. So there's that. Worth keeping? So how many Eagles players would you keep? And more importantly, how many players on the above roster actually make you excited? To me, it seems hard to justify more than, say, 20, uh, say 39% being 20 or 39% being players you want to keep around in an ideal world and arguments could be made for keeping even fewer. What is clear is the this, this Eagles team really don't have a strong core in place to bridge to the next contending version of the Eagles. The 2021 draft is really, really, really important and Howie Roseman and this front office are under a ton of pressure to add players who be in the cornerstone section of this list for years to come. So those are the, I think the, the I think the players that you, I think you get rid of everyone else. But I think the players you keep is 
Miles Sanders, Isaac, Isaac Sumalo, and Dallas Scott, and you rebuild this franchise with a young head coach who I have, who I have nothing, I have nothing against. But Howie Roseman, like I said, Eagles fans, he can mess your football team up when it comes to bringing in talent. So yeah, guys. I hope you guys like this um this uh, podcast. Um, I will be doing another one tomorrow. And um, you guys have a good and peaceful rest of your afternoon. See you guys tomorrow.